0: You know, as a Florida resident, I never considered going to the Everglades before. Mind you, I'm not from Florida or the U.S. itself. I was born in Honduras, but moved to the U.S. when I was in high school. So I only heard about this place when my friends suggested going there during our senior year. But I need to start from the beginning. When I first moved to the U.S., I didn't speak much English, but on my first day of school... I met a dude called Connor. I remember him complimenting my shirt, which had some random anime character on it. Connor spoke basic Spanish, but he was very friendly and promised me he'd help me with my English. And I started spending a lot of time with Connor and his group. And in nine months, I was speaking English fairly well. Connor and I normally spent time with Alexandra, who goes by Alex. And then there's Drew. Drew and ever since freshman year, it was always the four of us. However, by the time we were in high school, our group kind of expanded. Alex, Drew, Connor, and I started talking to some girls who were also in theater class, and sooner than expected, Drew and Connor were dating two of these girls, Sarah and Destiny. There was another girl in the group, Janine, She was the only single one in their group of friends, while in my group it was Alex and myself. It was constant tension because Drew and Connor wanted me to get on with Janine, but first of all, well, she just wasn't my type. If I'm more honest, I guess none of them were. Secondly, ever since Connor started spending more time with his girlfriend, and I was mainly closer to Alexandra. And I could tell she didn't like Janine, not even one bit, or the other girls, since she had more of a tomboy personality in comparison to the others who were more, I don't know, weeaboo or pastel goth kind of chicks. So one day, as spring break approached, someone mentioned how it would be cool to do something together. We started talking about different ideas but most of them were not affordable and some others were not that great because some of us were not 18 yet so we just couldn't go that far away and then there was somebody which i believe it was connor suggested camping the rest of us agreed but we did mention that if we were going to go camping it had to be an interesting place and not just your regular camping destination where everybody else goes We wanted something exciting. Something that made us feel more like adults. This is when Destiny told us that her father knew somebody who owned an airboat in the Everglades and could take us there for free. Show us the place and find a spot for camping. When Destiny suggested this, some of us were excited while others not too much. But in the end, we went with that plan because it would cost us nothing. So... Things were set. We were supposed to travel to the Everglades on a Saturday. And on Saturday morning, all of us were to meet at Destiny's house, where we'd drive from her Orlando home to Kissimmee, where the friend would then meet us to start the tour. After much discussing, planning, promises, and back and forth, when the day came, it was only Connor and Destiny, Alex, Janine, and I. Drew wasn't allowed to go, and his girlfriend, Sarah, refused to go. I was tempted not to go, but Connor kept trying to convince me because Janine was going. And I had to say yes, because if I didn't go, Janine, who seemed to have a crush on me, wouldn't go. And then if she didn't go, well, of course, Destiny wasn't going to go. You know, it was just a whole mess. Alex, who wasn't keen on going at first, decided to go after noticing I was, after all, going which was a big relief for me. In the end, things were simple, because there were only five of us going. Destiny's dad took us to Kissimmee in his car. When we got to the river, we were greeted by this man called Norman. Norman was an old, skinny guy, probably about 65 years old. We hopped in the airboat and we began our trip. Just the five of us, and Norman, since Destiny's dad couldn't come. As we were on the airboat, Destiny and Connor were very excited. Alex and Janine were clearly out of their comfort zone, and it was, well, it was quite obvious. And I was neutral. I was excited because I had never seen a place like this. And plus, Norman was a great guide. But I was also slightly nervous because of all the wild animals around. I mean, I guess it didn't help that I looked at animal attacks on YouTube the night before. After about two hours, we finally saw our first large alligator. Destiny was unbothered as she had seen them a thousand times by now. Janine was scared and grabbed my arm. Connor was excited and so seemed Alex. While I was impressed, but still a bit wary. We kept going with our trip and funny enough... We managed to see another huge alligator. We stopped when we saw him to observe him better. In a matter of a second, the creature decided to come a bit closer to us. Not directly towards us, but it still managed to scare Alex, Janine, and I. Norman and Destiny laughed. Relax. He ain't gonna do nothing. Norman laughed as he started the airboat again. It happens often. Just don't freak out. Destiny said as she kept taking selfies as if it were nothing. Connor then decided to make fun of me and the other two for getting scared so quickly. Destiny and Norman chuckled at it. Connor seemed so confident. It was like seeing a different person from the guy I knew a few years back. I guess dating someone can change you. After visiting different places during the day, we stopped at this tourist destination for food. The place where we stopped was very nice and there seemed to be a few people around. Norman suggested to us that this was a good place for camping, as there were many things to do and other tourists and locals around. But we got discouraged from staying there because there were too many families with kids and older people, so we didn't feel that we could enjoy that much there. Plus, we wanted to have a more of a wild experience. So after lunch, Connor and Destiny asked Norman if he could take us to another place, somewhere that was a bit more remote and not as popular with the tourists. Since this wasn't a problem because Destiny had stayed in places like this before, Norman decided to take us to another location. After lunch, the route we took was more exciting. And I have to admit, it was a bit more creepy, a bit more swamp-like. Janine and Alex were so uncomfortable, and the weather was so humid during that day, their hair had become frizzy. And also, they kept worrying that because the section we were at was rather remote and gloomy looking, that an animal could attack us. And that's when Connor asked Norman to tell us creepy stories of the Everglades. Norman then told us some stories about people who had gone missing somewhere in the Everglades, That were never found. And also stories about alligator attacks. And as an airboat driver with so many years of experience. He had so many stories and it was very interesting to hear. However, Janine began freaking out when she heard some of these stories. But Norman told her not to worry. Ma'am, I'm alive and fine. Now don't you worry sweetheart. I'll get you somewhere nice. He said. And after some time, Norman took us to the spot where camping was also possible. However, the place was empty. There was nobody around. Not even the people who were normally there to help the campers. Connor, Destiny, and I liked the place, so we wanted to stay there. Alex wasn't a fan of it, but she accepted. Janine was very hesitant because there was no one else around. However, Norman told us the place was a safe spot to stay. Although gloomier than the other camping places we've seen, it still had an area where we could camp. Plus, Norman said he had never had a problem there before. He even knew the man and the lady who lived there and helped the campers, and and he said that they were very nice and barely had troubles with animals in the area. It was time for Norman to go back. But he told us staying there would be alright, and that more than likely his acquaintance would be back there soon. He gave us the name of the couple, Susan and James. Norman said that he would pick us up in two days, because after two days we would want to go to a different place. And if there was any problem, to call him or text him and he would immediately come. And so, Norman left. And it was only the five of us now. The place where we stayed had a big enough area to explore. But as it was getting late, we decided to set up our tents. We waited for Susan and James to show up, but it was already 7pm, so we decided to eat some food we had with us. By the time it was 9pm, we decided to call James and Susan. Some of us were worried that we'd be the only ones spending the next few nights there. But strangely enough, our cell phones didn't have any signal. When we didn't get any signal, we got a bit worried. The place did look a bit messier generally, plus the fact that it was so unknown to the rest of us, and we were now unable to communicate. We hadn't had the time to explore away the camping area, and after talking about it, we decided to try to relax and just sleep for the rest of the night and hopefully the next day, Susan and James would be there. If not, we'd move around the area hopefully trying to get a signal for our phones to tell Norman we wanted to go somewhere else that had more people. We had set up two tents, one for us boys and one for the girls, but I mean of course, Connor and Destiny ended up sleeping in one tent as Alex, Janine, and I ended up sleeping in the other At some point of the night, while we were resting, I couldn't sleep. So I was laying there with my eyes still open. I had this uneasy feeling that I just couldn't explain. Now I'd never been one to be too paranoid, but I'll tell you, for some reason my heart was thumping hard. And then I noticed there was an odd sound nearby. I couldn't necessarily make it out. It just sounded like branches creaking. But it was too far away to be sure. I tried not to think about it too. And I told myself it was only an animal or maybe even the wind. But then I heard a sound that resembled panting. And so I opened my eyes again. It was too dark around to see what it was. And I didn't want to use my cell phone for light. Because I didn't want to wake up the girls. But then... I heard something scratching on our tent. I stayed still trying to understand what it could be. Am I imagining this? I thought for a second. Janine who was sleeping not too far away touched my arm. Did you hear that? She whispered. At the moment I knew there was something outside. So I grabbed my phone to light as much as I could and soon after I did this, we heard a quick movement outside, but the scratching stopped. Janine and I kneeled up, as she was also using her phone to shine a light around the tent, and this woke up Alexandra. Now Alex and Janine wanted to peep to see if there was an animal outside, but I felt unsure. To me it sounded much different than an animal. The scratching was more delicate implied it was just creepy very similar to what a person with a very long nail scratching something sounds like and so the three of us began to discuss what it could be when suddenly someone opened our tent it almost gave me a damn heart attack but luckily for us it was only Connor Connor asked us why we were awake at 3 in the morning and we told him what we had heard He claimed that neither he nor Destiny heard anything. Now Connor, Destiny, and I got out of our respective tents and lit around with our phones and flashlights. But there was nothing out of the ordinary. Not any animal or scratch marks or paw prints. Nothing. Almost immediately after this, it began to rain. So we decided to relax and then try to go back to sleep. The next day when we woke up, we noticed neither Susan nor James were there. And on top of that, there was still no signal. We thought the best idea was to walk around, hoping to try to catch a signal. And we kept walking even though the weather wasn't ideal, as it was still raining. I think all of us but Destiny were slightly afraid because certain areas seemed too swampy. And we thought we could find a giant snake or an alligator. Aside from having the camping area, the place also had a portable bathroom and a small home where the caretakers lived, and that included a shower in the kitchen, according to Norman. Now, we had knocked on the door the day before, but there was nobody there. Destiny suggests trying entering the house, but the door was locked. I was very apprehensive of entering the place without permission, and so were the others, but Destiny claimed it was fine and that, in fact, it was important. I mean, what if the people there had phones or, even better, Wi-Fi? Connor and Alex walked around the property to check around when Alex noticed one of the windows was open. Bingo, said Connor as he was ready to enter. And then Janine screamed no. What now, Janine? Connor sighed. Don't you think that it's weird that they locked the door but the window is open? Janine questioned. They probably just forgot, Destiny said as she walked towards them. Now she's right. What if someone else opened the door? What if something bad had happened to them? I said. Ever since I heard that thing last night, I was very insecure about the place. Oh, don't be Paranoid. Like Norman said, they're probably just had to go somewhere for an emergency or even just buy some groceries. Either way, we need to enter because we need a phone. So, who's coming? Connor asked. The rest of us remained silent. It figures, Destiny said as she and Connor entered the place. As they entered, Janine asked them if they were alright, and they answered Yes but they claimed that there was something that stank. When they said that, Alex, Janine, and I looked at each other, just a complete feeling of uneasiness. "'But is it all okay?' Janine yelled. Connor answered yes. However, not even five seconds after answering, we heard Destiny screaming, followed by Connor doing the same. I screamed, "'Are you okay?' But there was no answer, just more screams. So immediately, I decided to climb through the window to see what was going on, and as soon as I entered, the putrid smell hit my nose. Destiny then came crying and running towards me and hugged me. I was so confused, what happened? I asked her, but she was in complete tears and shaking. I would never seen her like this before. I mean, she was such a headstrong girl, even slightly mean at times. Where's Connor? I asked, and then she pointed with her finger to the back of the house. I followed that pointing finger and saw Connor sitting on the floor sobbing. What the hell is going on? I asked, trying not to breathe the smell in too much. They're dead, Connor said. I looked up to the room. I noticed the walls were covered in blood, and there were what seemed to be body parts. I remember seeing what I thought was a leg with a shoe, and what seemed like a finger on the couple's bedroom floor. I was taken back. I even threw up. Hell, none of us dared to enter the room. We just knew that they were dead. Alex then came to grab me and Connor. She avoided trying to look around even though tears were falling down her face. Destiny and Janine were outside. None of us had said anything, but before trying to exit the house, it came to my realization that we had to try to use the phone. We found the phone rather quickly, but unfortunately, it was an older phone and we noticed the line had been cut. This made things very suspicious. Until then, I think all of us assumed it was an animal who attacked the couple. But after seeing the line cut, well, we didn't know what to think. Do you think it was someone? Alex said. I don't know. Let's just get the hell out of here now, cried Connor. Wait a minute. We need to see if there's anything we can use to defend ourselves. I quickly suggested it. Nah, I'm getting the hell out of here, Connor said as he quickly exited through the window. Alex stayed with me and helped me try to find something. Luckily for us, that couple had two shotguns and a pistol, so we grabbed all of them. Alex and I got out, all the others were visibly scared. We have to get out of this place, Connor stated. As we were leaving the house, I found a little sculpture of an older man and an older woman by the house. It was smaller than my palm and very detailed. I assumed it belonged to the couple. We didn't know what to do, but well, we decided to go back to the camping area and try to think about a plan. Once we were there, we just tried to calm down while sending texts to our parents, Norman, or other people. We even tried calling the police, the firefighters, etc., but... Our phones were kind of going crazy. It was like, I don't know, it was like nothing was working. You know, when we were walking to that cabin, it probably wasn't a great plan to have them out while it was raining either. We didn't have the newer galaxies or that were supposedly water resistant. And then Janine asked, Who do you think did this? Do you think we're safe here? She added. It must have been an animal. There's no other way. It's so messed up, but we're going to be fine. I mean, look, we have guns, Connor said. Connor and Destiny seemed better now that they decided they'd go for a walk around to try to get a signal or to look for an airboat we could use, even though none of us knew how. I stayed behind with Janine and Alex. Connor took a shotgun with him. After a few hours of Janine and Connor not appearing, we got a very strange sensation, but we had decided to just keep waiting for them just a, a little longer. Unfortunately, we waited and waited until it was about to get dark and we still didn't see them. Alex was apprehensive to go look for them because she was convinced something bad had happened and that if we leave the camping zone, something bad would happen to us too. But Janine wanted to look for her best friend, and I wanted to look for mine, so at the end, the three of us decided, well, we might as well go for it. Now, it was dangerous, I'm not gonna lie. It was raining, we had heard animals nearby, but we kept screaming their names as we walked, and we had no success, and then suddenly... Alex tripped against something hard and fell over. All of us screamed, thinking that it was a giant snake, a python or something. But then we noticed that it was a person. And we turned the person over. And She was an older woman. It must have been Susan. She was cold and very dirty. Janine tried to find her pulse and was successful at it. Since Susan was alive, but... The pulse was very weak. It meant that we had to take her immediately to the camping zone with us. So I picked her up, threw her on my shoulder, and we headed back. When we got back, the girls cleaned the lady and tried to give her some water, but she was still very weak. She opened her eyes a couple of times, but fainted again. We decided that the best thing to do was to wait at the same spot until tomorrow, until Norman came to find us. As the night came, we had to divide ourselves because the five of us couldn't fit in one tent. Alex, who volunteered herself, slept in a tent with the old lady, and I slept in the other tent with Janine. I wanted to stay awake the whole night, but I was so tired I fell asleep. And at some point during the night, I was awakened by Janine, who shook my arm. When I woke up, I heard Janine saying, you hear that Fernando? I then quickly noticed there was the same scratching sound as yesterday. Once again, it was too dark to see but hell, it sounded close enough. The next thing we heard was a ripping sound, as if someone would have ripped the tent apart and then a woman screaming. It was Alex. I told Janine to stay here. I gave her the shotgun I exited our tent and immediately saw that the other tent had fallen apart and Susan remained on her sleeping bag quietly. However, Alex was still screaming but I couldn't see her. I was shaking but I managed to grab my cell phone to point the flashlight in different directions and when I finally saw Alex on the ground screaming and someone that looked archaic with a ripped off black dress on top of her I screamed at this person, stop it! And as I tried to grab my shotgun to point at the person, they turned their head towards me. She was pale and looked dead. She gave me a creepy smile letting me see her pointy yellow teeth, and she stood up while she still smiled and slowly came walking towards me with her skinny bent legs. Janine, who got out of the tent, noticed this and did not hesitate shooting towards the woman's direction. This caused this creepy woman to quickly run away in a manner that looked like she was flying. I then ran towards Alex and noticed that she was bleeding and had multiple scratches on her body. It looked painful, but none of them were critical. The rest of the night, we lit a fire so that we could see around and we left some flashlights on constantly. Alex and the old lady slept in a tent while Janine and I stayed outside the tent patrolling. That whole night, I kept thinking of that grim smile and that random person. Could it be possible that it was even a person? I was thinking demon or ghost. Was she the one that heard James and Susan? And where the hell were my friends? Eventually the sun came out, but there was no relief for us. The only thing that made us feel better was when we saw Norman arrive in his airboat. Hey, how y'all doing? he asked in a friendly manner. Janine ran towards the boat and climbed in, hugging Norman as soon as he stopped. You've got to get us out of here. Now hold on, where's Destiny and that Connor boy? Norman asked me. Something has happened. We're in danger and we have to leave immediately. I'll tell you as soon as we get on the boat, please, I said. When Norman got out of his airboat, he confirmed that the old woman was Susan. He helped me put Susan and Alex in the boat, and as we were quickly grabbing everything, Janine noticed that there was a sculpture similar to the one we found outside the couple's house the day before. However... This little sculpture had a small tent with five figures by the tent. The figures resembled me and all of my friends. There was no doubt in my mind that it depicted us. When Norman saw this, he whispered to himself, No, it it can't be. When I asked him what had happened, he told us to hurry up. We all hopped in the airboat and we left. We went at full speed as I tried to explain to Norman what happened, and Norman quickly took us to the tourist area where we had been a few days earlier, and there he called for help. When search and rescue finally arrived, all of us were taken to Homestead, Florida, to be treated and examined at the hospital. A search party was sent to look for our friends, and then the mutilated bodies of Destiny and Connor were found. We explained to the police and the park rangers what we saw, and they didn't try to find the person that matched our description, but after examining the bodies, they believed no way a person could have done that, so they ruled it as an animal attack, and they declared that zone where we stayed unfit for camping. After speaking with Norman, he talked about a legend of a woman who haunts different locations of the Everglades. This woman was left behind by a group of friends she was with at the Everglades, and was later attacked by a wild animal, causing her to die. Apparently, this ghastly being attacks groups of people that visit the area, but it's hard to know which exact area she's haunting. Some locals and airboat drivers had seen her from afar, and there are multiple legends about her, but nobody ever came in close contact with her, Were they just Didn't live to tell the story. We also believe the sculptures were a way for the woman to show she has marked us as her next victims. When Susan woke up and was able to make a description of her attacker to the police, the one she gave was the same as us. Apparently, after seeing her husband was being attacked, she fled the house and tried to hide for two days. What my friends and I learned at the Everglades has led me to be more careful, especially when visiting places you have no knowledge about, because sometimes you focus so much on being safe from one thing in particular, you sometimes forget there could be a thousand more dangers.